Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. What news of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist? Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 18th, I think, approximately 18th of September. It is one week before the grand final, so the AFL grand final, that is. Um, You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and yes, it's uh, the 18th. Uh, it's very approximate. It's so approximate that it's actually correct. <laughs> uh, so well done. But most uh, people who are listening uh, from uh, out of Australia are probably thinking grand final. What is that? It's a, it's a big sporting uh, event that usually happens in Melbourne. I am pretty sure anywhere in the world people will understand what a grand final is. They may not know what the AFL is, but I think the workers of the world – over the world over, understand sports and sports rivalry. All right, grand final. But the thing about this uh, year is that we're in lockdown here in Melbourne, so it's not happening here. It's happening on the other side of Australia next week. But there you go. But the the uh, uh, technology will allow us to watch it uh, anyway. So um, that song that you heard was "Roll On" by Mia Dyson and. Um, Thanks to Annie for another very interesting program of Solidarity Breakfast. And you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And uh, I hope that my voice will be going, will continue this uh, for the whole show. I've had a bit of a operation in my mouth this week, but I'm getting getting there. So um, if not, otherwise Giselle will just have to talk uh, much more, which well, of there's course that. is not going to be uh, hard. But I her. also plan to, to make this show as hard on you as possible, Pierre, as is, as is my way. That's right. That's right. But of course, uh, if you're interested in Australia Asia worker links, uh, how do you get in touch with us? Did you want to give out those details this morning, Pierre? Seems as though you're so sprightly this morning. No, that's a that's a vehement no, a furiously shaking his head. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web. Or, or rather, before I go there, uh, uh, um, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to find us on the web, uh, go to all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. That's right, that's right. And uh, on today's program, unfortunately, uh, our planned uh, interview didn't really come about this week. So we'll just have a bit of an extended uh, news roundup and commentary on some of the news stories. And also, uh, Giselle's brought some very interesting old music from the I early years. some of CDs. CDs. <laughs> um, from the early time of uh, APC. So I'm going to play a couple of, uh, of tracks. That'll be very interesting. Hopefully, I can play a. Uh, a CD, but um, anyway, we shall see what uh, happens. And if I make a mistake, I'm sure Giselle will uh, <laughs> let everyone know. 
Uh, but we'll kick off with news from around the region. Uh, that's right. And the first one, we go to South Korea, where there's a big find about subcontracting. Uh, this week, a um, number of uh, protest and strike actions by thousands of Hyundai workers hit the Dangji and the Sucheon plants of the, of the Hyundai company. These actions are the culmination of a long campaign by workers for more secure work and against continued subcontracting. Hyundai Steel had recently lost a court case whereby its subcontracting employment arrangements were deemed illegal and the company was was ordered by the court to hire uh, these um, uh, subcontractors as direct employees. In response, the company terminated all these subcontracting contracts and set up a new subsidiary called ITC that then offered new jobs to the recently sacked subcontractors on lower paying conditions and with no legal ties to Hyundai Steel. In addition, the company has also hired untrained strike breakers to replace the striking workers for this um, period. Um, And reports are already filtering out that workplace injuries among this group of workers um, are increasing. Hyundai Steel has also announced it will now um, sue the the striking workers, i.e. the the subcontractor and some of the uh, um, employed ongoing workers that are also striking support of these other workers, while the police have announced that they will investigate the workers' action in view of COVID-19 transgressions. So what do you think of that, Giselle? Well, the first part is just a a typical Phoenix company-style method of operating, but um, what we have been seeing not just here but um, across the the world are these COVID rules being used uh, not for not just for public health and safety, but rather to control protests and to control um, the movement of people uh, in in what I would consider a repressive kind of a way. Um, and if we look at the uh, the way that the pandemic is moving across the world, I think we could argue that these rules actually aren't doing anything by way of um, of limiting the the. Uh, and of, yeah, that's right. And of course, the KCTU president, which we um, talked about just last week, was actually arrested because of COVID nineteen um, alleged um, crimes. Well, I'm not too sure. Well, that's right. And actually, what they have in South Korea is. Um that they don't have lockdown as such. They've got social distancing where people are required to stay about two metres away from each other. And when and in these demonstrations that were, that were organised by KCTU affiliated unions, they actually maintained the social distancing rules but were still um, penalised for, for that. That's right. You can actually see the, the, the photos. They're, they're incredibly disciplined. Um, over to you. Yep, we're moving now to uh, the situation here in Australia where our government, the Australian government, has announced new a new military alliance this week in an attempt to regain the political initiative. The Australian government, led by Prime Minister Morrison, has... Uh, uh, shared online has live shared an online meeting with the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and US President Joe Biden to announce the new UK the AUKUS it's the AUKUS yes. alliance <laughs> 
The main theme of the day was the announcement that Australia was dumping its contract to build conventional French-owned submarines in order to acquire US or UK nuclear-powered submarines. Details of this deal are still very unclear. There are no costings apart from that they will cost many billions of dollars, nine billion, I think. And these new nuclear submarines may not be ready for use by Australia for another 15 years. Nevertheless, this new alliance is a further step in the increasing militarisation of the region and a clear step in constructing a military front against China. As a first step, this new alliance will lead to more US military hardware and personnel to be stationed in Australia in the next few years. The fact that the submarines are nuclear-powered and most probably nuclear-armed has also renewed calls by the nuclear industry to establish nuclear power and nuclear dump sites in Australia. And there was an update this morning on this story that France has recalled its um, uh, ambassador to Australia. Nothing like a bit of a spat between imperialist um, powers. But um, I have to say, um, I mean, this might not be the deepest uh, political uh, viewpoint, but it just seems to see three old men representing one is a um the old colonial uh, empire of the uk the other one the main imperialist power and the other one a colonial settler society uh, gives a certain um, look, shall we say. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot that can be said about this. I mean, firstly, the US is not the world empire that it used to be. I think um, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, the crisis in the Middle East really does show that the US is um, flailing and trying to reassert itself as a global um, empire, but I, I, I don't think uh, it is what it once was. I think the UK and its Brexit move really weakened it in, in terms of its imperial power and base. And I don't think Australia really had any independent um, uh, international personality as such. Um, so these three coming together clearly is uh, about... Um, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show, the uh, reformation of imperialist lines across the globe. I think it'll be interesting to see um, what develops in relation to France and other European allies in that um, space. But I, as everybody, yeah. all political commentators are predicting, we are um, on the brink of uh, a third world war, I would say. And I think the imperialist powers are lining up, jostling to see where these um, allied lines are going to be forming. And then we'll see what uh, the world looks like at that point. I think it'll be interesting to see where India ends up in, in relation to this. Um but you know you 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 made some comments about the personalities involved, and I think the other um comment worth making about this is though the US, the UK and Australia are seeking to form an alliance, they don't know each other's names. I mean, what is the uh, strength of that um <laughs> of these countries um and we we know that it's uh, that these alliances are bigger than the individual personalities mm. involved obviously but it's it's not a good look at this point no and i think what you've said about um, how they are influence other alliances i think the i think the impact in europe i think is going to be quite strong uh, i think it'll probably put a big uh, division between the uk and the rest of 
Europe. But I think also, I mean, given that the Australia, I think just in the last couple of years, decided to form an alliance with Japan, uh, India and the US, I think the four are. I can't remember. Uh, that's so, it was, um, yeah, India, you're right. And there was another one. There were five countries, <laughs> Australia, the US, India, Japan and... South Korea, maybe I'm not too. I yeah, um, embarrassingly, I don't recall, and we'll have to look. Well, that I think up. they just keep making these alliance, and you just think, so how does this alliance tie up with this other alliance? Uh, and I think what you've said about you know where will India go, and an interesting, um, Indo- Indonesia has made some noises that obviously um, they're not too happy to be uh, caught up in some uh, um, so quickly in such a, a divisive, um, um, well, division really, that's happening. So we will have to see. Let's go to a track now. What uh, what have you selected? Well, I'm actually going to put a – I just found a um, a community announcement and then we'll go to the track, but I think you'll see the community announcement flows very well from this – the last story that we did. Indigenous people in Australia and the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing. And this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that, yes, there is uh, certain hazards, but only to primitive peoples, those that don't wear clothes and don't wash, unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing. 3CR, keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present. At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR, steady, constant, sane and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. Taking out of every brand 
It is 19 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Pierre. That was, um, as people would have uh, heard the very start of it, I thought, oh, they put our intro music on again. But no, that because that was the song Collective Mode from Asian Dub Foundation. And that's right. That's how our theme song comes from. There you go. We've let you into a bit of a, a secret. And if we've got time, we might play another short track from them as well. But... Um, We'll just go, you're listening to 3CR Radio um, and to Asia Pacific Currents. Um, We'll go to the next story, and it comes from Thailand, where at the Thai border town of Masot um, is a major centre for refugees from Myanmar. And um, and last year, it was able to avoid serious repercussions from the COVID-19 pandemic. This year, though, the situation has worsened considerably, due to the incre- increasing instability and fighting in Myanmar itself and an out-of-control COVID-19 pandemic now raging in Thailand. Many of the factories and other businesses located on the border areas have had a shutdown or have experienced major slowdowns, while the mainly migrant Myanmar working-class populations are unable to access COVID-19 treatments. Tens of thousands of people are now in desperate need, either due to increasing deaths from COVID, higher rates of poverty and malnourishment from loss of income, and increasing rates of mental health health issues for families and communities who are trapped by these overlapping health, political and economic crises. Due to movement restrictions, medicines are now starting to run low at some of the refugee camps, while Myanmar nationals are finding that accessing COVID-19 vaccinations from the Thai medical system is an almost impossible task due to their nationality. And I think, um, Giselle, it really shows again that um, in this crisis, it's always the most vulnerable uh, section of our class that 
um, you know, face the, the, the worst outcomes from all sides. And moving now to Bangladesh, uh, well, actually, a few countries are going to be covered by this story, but uh, looking at the issue of factory fires, nine years ago on the 11th of September, a fire broke out at the Ali Enterprises garment factory that due to unsafe fire and health conditions led to more than 250 workers being killed. The even more tragic part of this disaster was that just three weeks before the fire, the company had been certified as a safe workplace by a commercial social auditing firm. Only seven months later, Rana Plaza in Dhaka, Bangladesh collapsed, killing over 1,100 workers. The National Trade Union Federation in Pakistan used this anniversary to once again renew the call for greater safety protections for workers as fires are a common occurrence in many Pakistani factories. Last month, apparel brands and unions that have been cooperating in the Bangladesh Accord for the past eight years announced the launch of the International Accord for Health and Safety in the garment and textile industry, a successor agreement to the Bangladesh Accord. Unions and labour rights organisations in Pakistan now want this accord to come into force in Pakistan as a first step in improving workers' health and safety. Yes, the conditions for in a lot of those factories, especially a lot of them are not even registered, are, are just terrible and we unfortunately have to cover a lot of uh, uh, incidents, uh, well, the crimes really, the workplace crimes Abs- where our absolutely. brothers and sisters die. Um, it's just on 22 past 9 o'clock. I do want the next track from Asia Dub Foundation actually goes for six minutes, so we won't be able to. we still got two items, but it's actually got the title Rebel Warrior. So I just think it just sounds too good not to um, listen to it for at least a little bit.
It's just uh, 25 past uh, 9 o'clock, and unfortunately we've got to uh, turn out that uh, item. I don't want to have time for our last two items, but that was uh, Rebel Warrior by Asian Dub Foundation, and we'll see if we can do some more of this music in the future. But um, our last two items um, are from the Philippines, and um, the first one looks at the deepening political crisis in that country. Last week, President Duterte who is constitutionally barred from recontesting the presidency, accepted the nomination to to run as vice president in the uh, Philippine elections next year. A few days later, it was announced that one of the possible candidates for president would be Rodrigo Duterte's own daughter, Sara Duterte. Such a move would consolidate the Duterte family clan hold on power and chilled um, President Duterte from any possible future legal prosecutions. Because just this week, the International Criminal Court announced that it has authorised an investigation into President Rodrigo Duterte's deadly war on drugs campaign that has killed tens of thousands of mainly poor working class um, Filipinos. In the meantime, the situation for workers in the Philippines continues to worsen as the COVID-19 pandemic is not only infecting and killing thousands of working class people, but restrictions are throwing even greater numbers further into poverty and marginalisation. Workers who are trying to organise during this time continue to face harassment from company thugs, police and public health order enforcers. There we go again. I was about to say, it sounds like business as usual over there in the Philippines. Uh, Still in the Philippines, uh, in the last 30 years, another major industry that's been globalised has been the call centres of companies known globally as business process outsourcing. This has become a very big sector in the Philippines, employing up to 1.5 million workers. These entry-level call centre jobs are highly sought as they can often receive salaries that are double the average. Um, so we're talking about 400 to 600 US um, salaries as opposed to 200 to 300 um, US dollars a month, in addition to health insurance and performance bonuses. The jobs, though, are high-intensity work environments with constant calls to answer, few breaks, insecure job contracts, cramped conditions, often working nighttime hours with very strict guidelines in how and what to say. In addition, one of the biggest stresses for these workers is the abuse they receive from callers who are either racist towards them or unsatisfied with the level of service they're receiving. Unfortunately, the sector has been slow to unionise. This is only one, excuse me, there is only one union covering these workers in the BPO, and that's called the BPO Industry Employees Network. And on latest estimates, it has only managed to recruit 5,000 members in the last few years. And that's against a very big workforce. Um, that's right. And I'm sure it's not because they're not trying, but it's a, it's a very uh, tough environment out there. And we wish all the best. And we'll actually be... Uh, our interview for next week will actually focus on some of these issues in the in the Philippines and um, uh, certainly uh, Giselle as you uh, said in one of the music breaks I think we should also cover the whole nuclear issue um, again I think that's really gone up uh, further in our uh, uh, <laughs> requirement for analysis that's right that's right we are well and truly to the end of the show though Pierre so thank you listeners for tuning in we'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region Palestine Remembered is up next and stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of your weekend 
I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Mora, and we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Hey, this is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 